0: Okay. Hi, everyone. So, I was reading a little bit about ancient Greek religion just recently, and it got me thinking about how different their world would have appeared to them compared to how ours appears to us today. I mean, imagine walking out into the countryside as an ancient Greek, outside of the, the narrow city streets. It must have been like walking in a, in a numinous realm, practically every aspect of it teeming, with divine life. The, the primordial holy sky above you, and below your feet, the sacred soil of the broad breasted Mother Gaia. Round any bend, and you might run into the goat footed Pan, the god of wild nature. And the stone path you're walking? Well, Hermes is in there, making sure that you don't get lost. And all those figurines and statues. And altars that you pass, they're all shrines to the likes of Artemis and the shining Aphrodite. And when you get to the caves and the grottos, what a sight and a feeling that must have been. I mean, caves were the oldest temples, the first places of worship, and sacred spaces where initiatory rites took place. Inside of them, invisible and obscure powers lived, haunts of the numinous and let's not forget the springs of water in there too where many nymphs made their home and then when you get back out into the light again maybe you run into streams and pools of cool water all carpeted by flowers which you follow until you hit the clear white river with its banks clothed by poplar and with it a profusion of ivy I mean, I imagine that every stop along the way must have been a real festival for the eyes and a deep source of spiritual fulfillment. And then to add, imagine the the sweet music and the prophecy of the birds all around you, emptying you of any kind of weariness. And then finally you get to the mountains, the meeting place of heaven and earth. I mean, to walk on mountains must have been like walking on divine, untrodden ground. It must have felt like entering the real home of the gods. Zeus certainly claimed the mountaintops as his own. So, what gratitude and love your journey into the countryside must have left you feeling? And what is love, after all, but the oldest of gods? Eros. That god hatched from darkness and chaos the lamp holder god the one who shone the first light onto the world revealing its beauty and power now i'm not denying that there's a fair bit of romanticizing in all of this but still imagine what it would be like to see and feel our own countryside in something like this way where nature isn't inanimate or empty but it's redundant And resplendent with life and with individuality. When we're faced not by things or objects, but by a real presence, a Thou. Where the things around us become sources of revelation or manifestations of divine powers and associations. Where our visual landscape, as it did for Thales, becomes a a panorama of gods and goddesses, making all things everywhere shining and pregnant with meaning, where we don't withdraw from the phenomena, from perceptual truth and always cater to a so-called objective reality or impersonal laws. In other words, let's not be afraid to bring back some of our mythopoetic thinking and seeing and, from time to time, exceed the scope of conceptual definition. Let's not be afraid to admit that a a purely intellectual attitude towards nature is sometimes inadequate to our experience of it. Let's not always stand atop and outside of nature, but instead throw ourselves back into its great rhythm, the cosmic tides of the seasons. And let's see the space around us not always in terms of objective measurements, but by an emotional recognition of value as one populated by non-human powers from which we might draw our most deepest of inspirations. So, as Schiller warns us in his poem, The Gods of Greece, let's not sacrifice all the gods for the sake of some one way of looking at things. Because, as he cautions, to enrich the worship of the One, a universe of gods must pass away leaving us with little but a dead timepiece where godless nature creeps.